I'm so glad that you are here and uh, as we continue our, uh, our series on parenthood. Just want to, want to let you know, whether you're a parent, you have been a parent, even if you're a grandparent, thinking about being a parent, there are some principles in the Bible, I think, that really apply to all of us. Maybe you've never had children and you're never going to have children. Well, you can take some of this and apply it to other people's children, right? <laughs> but uh, it's, it's good to be able to talk about this because I think, you know, a lot of us, in, in, as far as parenting goes, I think a lot of us probably, I'll speak for myself, this is a confession to you, that that's probably one area in my life that I feel most inadequate. Just, am I doing the right thing? Am I... I really don't know what to do, and how do you handle this situation, and how do you handle, did I, did I do good there, or man, I, just, things are just not the way maybe I think they should be, so the idea of parenthood is, is an area in my own life where I'm constantly thinking, man, I just don't know if I'm measuring up, I don't know if I've, if I've got what it takes at times, as a matter of fact, I was thinking when Cliff said we was going to do a series on parenthood, and he said, you know, will you preach this and this, I was thinking, can we just farm this out and get somebody else to, <laughs> no. But I do want to talk to you about some parenthood, uh, some parenting principles that I think are in the Bible, and uh, hopefully that you'll be able to, to learn something from these. Uh, but let me tell you this. You've got your worship guide that, that Cliff mentioned. Uh, if you have that. Get that out so that you can take some notes. Not that I would say anything that you would want to write down, but in the midst of just being here knowing you're wanting to learn about parenthood, in spite of me, God still may be able to speak to you, and then you just write down something that he says to you. Hopefully there'll be some things that he says through me that will ring a bell for you. But, but seriously, uh, pull out your worship guide, jot down a few notes, as, as we say, and maybe even if you feel like that you've got it together, and this might be some things you could jot down, you go to work, you can talk to people you work with, share some things with your family, or that kind of thing. But I think there are some good uh, biblical principles here uh, as we uh, talk about what it means to be a parent and having children and how do we deal with that. Now, I have three boys, uh, 17, 14, and 7. And um, it's uh, the more children you have, the more you learn <laughs> along the way, <laughs> I think. Or maybe the longer you have them, the more, the more you learn about different stuff. And I uh, read something, you may be familiar with Craig Rochelle, we've done a study called The Christian Atheist, and he's written several other books, but I think he has five children, I think, and uh, he tells a story of, you know, and some of you are maybe there, I know we have a lot of new parents in this congregation, that, you know, that first child, you know, you're reading the books before the child's done, you know, what to expect when you're expecting, and, you know, you're keeping up with every little, well, my child is in this stage of development, and oh, all this is kind of going, and you're keeping up with that. The child comes along, and you're still reading, you're reading the books, you know, it's the what to expect in the first year. And, you know, so you're reading, you're reading, you're asking, you're learning all this, and your child, you know, you have a pacifier. And the child spits the pacifier out, and it falls on the floor, and immediately you pick it up, and you take it over, and you put water on the stove and you boil it and you drop the pacifier in there for two minutes you put the timer on two minutes right kill all the germs cool it off give the child back the pacifier right second child comes along uh, the books are okay but you just start asking friends you know well what do y'all do and you remember kind of what you did before kid spits pacifier out pacifier out it lands on the floor you take it over to the sink you get the water really hot out of the tap and you put it under and rinse it out for a little bit, and you take it and you give it back to the child, right? 
third kid comes along. It's like, I'm not reading anything. All my friends are idiots. The kid spits the pacifier out. You pick it up, you take it over, and you say, I'm not even going to put it on the sink, and you just go. You lick it off, and then you give it back to the kid, right? Fifth kid comes along, right? Nobody knows how to do anything but you. The kid spits out the pacifier, which is not a new one. It's one that you let borrow from the sibling before. You pick it up. You let the dog lick it. And then you give it back to the kid, right? And I think, you know, as we, um, we do learn a lot, I think, especially as our kids get older or as we have more children, there are some things that, that we've been told are, this is a definite, you have to do this, and then you learn as you go along. In your case, that just really may not be the case, right? That, that may not apply. So wherever you are in your parenting stage, I think, would you agree that parenting is hard? Yeah, it's, it's not an easy thing, is it? I think we all, we all feel that way, that, it, that it's a hard thing to do. And just the, the pressure of, am I making the right decisions? Am I making the right choices? Am I leading my kids in the right way? Am I doing the right thing? And there's so much information out. I mean, you could get thousands and thousands of opinions on one particular issue. So there's so many different kinds of, of things that you can learn. You know, do you listen to Dr. Phil or do you watch the nanny and pick up a few tips from her, Right. So there's so much, but what I want to talk to you this morning about is biblical principles. The biblical principles. What does the Bible say about parenting, about how to treat children? How should we learn to do that according to what God's Word says? Because ultimately, you know, that's the bottom line as far as I'm concerned. That, that's where we want to be is I'm doing, I'm being a parent in the way that God wants me to be a parent. These are principles. Now, let me, I'm, I'm saying that on purpose over and over because I want you to, to listen to this, and you may know this, and you may want to write this down. We're talking about parenting principles this morning, not necessarily parenting methods, although I'll try to give you a few ideas or some things. We're talking about principles, not methods. Principles are a foundational uh, uh, thing that we set in our, in our ideas of what we're going to do as a parent biblically, if they're biblical principles, this is the foundation of how we're making the choices. So any method that we might want to incorporate in our parenting has to be filtered through does it match our principles. It's not the other way around because you can get some weird opinions from people as far as, hey, here's a great method of something you should try. But if that's not filtered through what our principles are, then we're really as parents just all over the place just grabbing at straws hoping something's going to work. So to be able to have a foundational, hey, this is what the Bible says, as best we can tell, we know these are specific things the Bible says, and so we're going we're gonna to be parents according to what the Bible says. And then you take those methods and you say, okay, that one fits within our principles, and maybe that'll work, maybe it won't still, but your principles don't change. There's a catchy little phrase that you may have heard, and it says, methods are many and principles are few. Methods always change, but principles never do. And there's a lot of truth in that, that the principles that we have biblically, those principles don't change. How we live out those principles or how we apply those principles, it may depend on your situation as far as the method goes, but the foundational principle stays the same. So I want us to, to look at some principles and, and uh, just kind of have that in mind that these are principles. I'll tell you, at the end of this series, we plan on having some information for you as far as resources that we'll put on the website and maybe have even something printed for you uh, to have just uh, resources in case you don't. But let me, I'll give you one ahead of time that I think 
is good based on what I've seen so far. Kevin Lehman has uh, some different things out called uh, Have a New Child by Friday, Have a New Teenager by Friday. Women, there's even one, and I have it on my Kindle because it was free, I think. Have a New Husband by Friday. <laughs> Go, Vicky. <laughs> no. So, Kevin Lehman is a good author, good biblical foundation principles of, of about dealing with children. There's all kinds of things. Cliff's going to be talking about discipline. He has a lot of information there about discipline. That's just one resource, and we'll give you more. But if you want to, if you say, hey, I'm glad you're talking about principles, but I need a lot of methods as well. So go ahead and get a jump start, and you can look through that uh, book and see if there's things that apply to you. But there's, there's some good stuff in based on the ones that, that I've read there. But um, just, just to know that these are very important biblical principles now here's something um i want to just start off with um you don't have to turn there because i don't have this one on the screen but this is in the book of leviticus that's where i always go for my parenting stuff uh i just want to put us all at ease okay in case you feel like a total failure as a parent in case you feel like that you are a total failure I'm not saying you're not really a failure. I'm saying if you feel like one. And then by the end of the day, hopefully you'll have more hope if you feel like you failed. Here's one I think we can all agree on as parents. You've probably never done this. You can chalk this up as a, as a win for yourself and your husband or if you're parenting singly. You, this is a win for you, okay? This is in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 20, 21. Do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Molech, for you must not profane the name of the Lord your God. I am the Lord. Hey, there's a good one right there. Is anybody, if you've ever not sacrificed your child to Molech, you, you're, you're doing good. Now, I'm not saying there's not times when you feel like you would like to sacrifice your child to Molech. And you just look him up. I mean, you know, you may have not even know the guy, but, you know, anybody, just, just get out of here. It'd be like, uh, kind of be like Bill Cosby used to say, I brought you, your mother brought you into this world, and I can take you out, right? You ever feel that way with your kids sometime? So uh, what I want us to do is look at some principles. So you can write this one down. This, is, this will be the first one. And let me just back up and say this as well. I'm, these are not like the only, the holy principles. You know, there's no one else to be found and I have all this wisdom. These are some principles that I've seen in the Bible. There are a lot more, I'm sure. But these are some good ones. And uh, if you don't have any at all, this is a good place to start. If you already got some ideas, maybe these will be some things that you can add uh, to your arsenal of principles as far as parenting goes. But these are some that I just uh, think are important And uh, as we look at what it means to be a parent. Look in the book of Deuteronomy. That's in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The Scripture's going to be on the screen, and I know we say this regularly, and hopefully uh, you've heard it enough to where you are getting tired of hearing it. Please bring your own Bible whether you're bringing it on your iPhone or your iPad, a copy of the Scripture, it's something that you have. Bring a copy of the Scripture that you read so that not only uh, do you hear it, do you see us reading it, you can even see it on screen, but you're looking at it and being familiar where it is in the, in the book that you pick up every day, that you read every day. It, it's handy. They're, they're, this, this Bible I've had for a long time, and I've read this one enough. There are some Scriptures that I can tell you on which side of the page that Scripture is going to be on because I'm just familiar not that i you know know all the bible but there are some ones that i know and i can tell you that it's on certain side of the page even if i can't figure out exactly what book it was in i can kind of have that in my mind so bring your own bible bring your own scripture that that you can read 
Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. This is the first principle. You can just jot this one down. Uh, teach your children. Now, Cliff touched on this last week some, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you more about it. Teach your children. What did you call them a while ago? They're not children. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, teach your youngins. Teach them. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. And um, it says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. So that's not only a parent, but that's also... That's even that's the grandparent role as well, right? I said even grandparents. It says teach these things. Now, there's other scriptures, and we'll look at a couple more in just a minute about teaching, but this idea is that you teach them about your experience with God. If you'll go back and read uh, before then and some after then, you'll see what's being talked about is you've had some experiences with God. There's been some things that, that you have seen. There's been some things that God has done in your midst You've seen that, you've experienced that, you've witnessed that. What you need to do is make sure that it says, make sure you don't forget these things, but you need to teach your children about these things. Those things that you pass on, that you are intentional about sharing with them. And some things that I think are important if you haven't done this, and it's again, it's teaching them about your experience with God. If you wrote that down, you can underline the word your not that other experiences are bad. Do that as well. But this is a primary. Teach them about your experiences with God. If you have a child, if you have a youngin, and the only time that they hear you talk about God is when you're telling them about what God has done in somebody else's life, then that's good. You know, that can't be negative, right? But if all they hear is, well, God's really working over there, and did you hear what God, what God did with so-and-so, and did you hear that, that this happened with them? And all they hear from you is about what God is doing somewhere else. They may grow up and have the idea that God really doesn't work with us, but He just does that with other people. So tell them about your experiences. If you haven't shared your salvation experience, you have a child, you haven't talked to them, you don't have to, you know, every detail if you don't want to, but that they know that you're a Christian, they know you've been saved, and you share with them some about how that happened with you. Maybe you share some of your feelings and some of the things you were going through, but don't, don't just save that for other people or let other people's experience influence them, which, again, it's not bad if it's God doing something, but let them hear it from you personally as a parent. This is what God has done, done with me. This is how God is working in my life. Talk to them about those kind of things. Talk to them about where you struggle, you know. Talk to them about the things that you have a hard time grasping with God. Uh, you know, I know the Bible says this. I'll just tell you, this is where I struggle. I have a hard time with this. Let them see that being a believer and growing in the Lord isn't just this mountaintop experience where everything is always great. Nothing bad ever happens. You don't ever question. You don't ever have doubts. You don't ever, you're not ever afraid. All those things that we experience as humans our children need to see that that is a natural part of what it means to grow and change and believe in God. So they don't grow up thinking that being a Christian is being perfect. Because then the first time they mess up, then they think, well, maybe I'm not really a Christian. Or then they have this bad idea about what it means to be a Christian. So share with them not only 
the positive things that God has done in your life, but share with them some of the areas that you struggle, some of the problems that you face. I think that, that's, that's good all the way around. That's not always easy to do. I don't want my kids to know that I failed. You know, I don't want my kids to know that, that, I, that I struggle here. Well, um, just get over it because you're, not, you're a human, right? And you do struggle, so why not let them know that? They, chances are they see it anyway. It'd be best if you would just explain to them what you're going through so they don't just come up with some concoction on their own as to what's happening with you. So, uh, so share those things, so, so teaching them that. And then there's another scripture in Deuteronomy, uh, same book, just turn over a couple chapters in chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. This one, this one is probably one of the most common, one of the most common scriptures about parenting and teaching and those kinds of things, but it's, it's so important. Listen to this, it says, uh, starting in, um, in verse 4, chapter 6, verse 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commands I give you today are to be upon your hearts, impress them on your youngins, I mean, impress them on your children, right? Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, that's a lot um, to look at there, but just the idea of teaching them not only your experiences with God, but you're teaching them the things of God. And hopefully, you know, those two are, are combined with each other, but you're teaching them, teaching them about the things that God says, the, the things that God says that we should do, that we shouldn't do, how we should act, and those kinds of things. So the idea is that it's constantly before them. Look at, you look at all those things that are mentioned, it's, you know, when you're sitting at home and when you're walking and when you're lying down and when you're getting up, and uh, it's on your forehead so that, you know, every time they look at you, there it is, you know, so idea. Every time they see you, they see those things of God. It's uh, on the door frames of your house. Every time they enter back into the home, they're reminded of what this house stands for. It's on, on the gates, a similar kind of con concept. It's everywhere. Not just on Sunday, and, and I'll probably reference this a couple of times as I talk because Cliff did an awesome job yet, uh, last week talking about, what, uh, the, uh, about parenting. And if you haven't heard that sermon, you need to go back online and listen to that. But it's the idea of not just on Sunday. You know, he talked about it's not the church's responsibility to educate your kids solely. It's not you just hand them off to us, and now we're responsible for making sure they have a good spiritual foundation. We want to partner with you and help you in that, but it's not our responsibility. You're the parent. We're not the parents. So not just Sunday. You know, it says teach them. This is an ongoing thing that it's a, a normal, natural, ongoing part of your life that your children see. Now, this is not over-the-top, unrealistic, fake religion this is a natural outflow of your experience with God and what you're learning and who you are in Christ. It's not that you just make something up because kids see through that very quickly. This has got to be an outward expression of what's inside and what God's doing in your life. So it's not like this fake kind of stuff. Well, all we have to do is just let's say, we'll go home. I was wanting to repaint anyway. You know, I'll just put some scripture above the door frame. Man, that'll be awesome, you know. Maybe you can get a tattoo, you know, across your forehead and so your kids will... You know, it's not that. It's the idea this should be something that naturally flows out of who you are, struggles and all. It's not that you're perfect, but this is an ongoing thing that the children should see 
And it's really important, as you see in verse 6, where it talks about these things being upon your heart. Because if they're not on your heart, they're not going to show in your life. If we don't have these things in our heart, it's, it's not going to show. Another scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that we talk about language and attitude a lot, which it does apply to that, but it's the same concept. Out of the abundance of the heart, what's on your heart, what's in your heart as far as who you are and how you're living for Christ and what you're showing your children, you can't manufacture that. Well, you can, but it's going to be fake. But if it's on your heart, as the other scripture says, out of the abundance of your heart, that's how you live. That's how you speak. So it's, it's evident in your life as to what's in your heart. And that's, that's a very important thing. Uh, uh, another saying that I have seen before says this, in order to teach your child the way that he or she should go, walk that way yourself. You know, live it out before them. Let them see it in your life. Don't just give them words. Don't just give them stuff that this is, you have to do this because. Let them see that being supported in your life as well. So, again, as Cliff talked about last week, it's very, very important as a parent that these principles really won't mean a whole lot to you if you don't have a relationship first with Jesus Christ yourself. You, you can't, as a person who's not a believer, you could try and apply some methods of what we're talking about today, but until that is in your heart, you're not going to be able to truthfully show that as an example to your children. So I would challenge you, as we do uh, every week, just to start off by asking yourself the question, are you a believer? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Is Jesus Christ a part of your life? Have you confessed your sins to Him and given your life to Him in such a way that you could say, He's in my heart. He, His words are a part of my heart. I'm not saying that you're perfect, but I'm saying, have you made that decision? And if you haven't made that decision, that is the best place for you to start. If you want to be the best parent that you can be, you give your life to Christ and let Him change you, and then that will change your family. You want to be the best husband you can be, the best person you can be, that starts with letting Jesus Christ take hold of your life and change you into the person that he wants you to be. So I would challenge you as a person, if you don't believe in Jesus, this information will be good for you, but it won't ring true for you unless you first give your life to him. We'll have an opportunity toward the end of the service for you to be able to do that, but that's important that you start, that you start there. The, the, most, the most important way that we can teach our children is through our actions. Would you agree? Good and bad. <laughs> Me and Shelly were talking about this just the other day because I told her as I was preparing this and thinking about it, I thought, man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just convicted. I don't you know, about all the stuff that I've got a problem with. And here's some things that I know I'm not doing right. And boy, we could probably do this better. And and, I, you know, we say things like this. You know, you take your kids out somewhere and they do something completely ridiculous or their attitude just really stinks. And you look at each other and you say, where did they get that from? Because you're so embarrassed <laughs> because they've done something around people and, and you don't want people to think you've given it to them. Chances are great. Where did they get that from? I mean, it's, it, they've got other influences, but let's be honest. A lot of times what, what they do, they, they see that in us. And we, we ask the question, 
gosh, do, you know, do we really act that way? You know, do we really, yeah, well, probably sometimes we do. We need to watch that. We need to make sure we're portraying ourselves in the way that we really do want to live. So it's important that our actions teach our kids. They really do. So you can say, God this, God that, God says, the Bible says, we're a Christian family, we need to blah, 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 blah. You can fill your child up with all kinds of information and words. And if your actions don't match what you're talking about, it's going to negate that, and your actions will speak louder than words. Children will pick up more on your action and your attitude and your behavior far more than anything you ever say to them with words. So we need as parents to take a check. You know, how if we want our children to live out biblical principles in the way God wants uh, them to live out, are we doing that ourselves? You know, are, are we living a life that's honest? And we're talking about our kids being honest all the time, yet we cheat on our income taxes. And they see us do that, and so they make the connection, well, we, we're, we, sh we need to be honest unless it's an area that might benefit us. Then we can fudge the truth a little bit. That's okay. And then they see that, and they say, well, you know, honesty is a good thing unless you can get something better by being dishonest, right? So we need to, we need to watch our actions. They're, they're very, very important. Um, all of our actions that we, that we do, uh, they pick up on. You, as a parent, are the primary teacher of your child. And if you don't take the responsibility of teaching them what you think is important, as far as, especially as what is important as far as God's Word is considered, uh, they may never learn that. Don't count on that they will see that from somebody else. Don't count on, although we do an awesome job with the children and with the preschoolers here, don't count on it that they're going to get it just because you bring them here once a week for an hour. And then they don't see anything else during the rest of the week. And then you wonder, what's the problem with that church? My kid's coming home and cussing and everything else. And I take them to church and then you're cussing and everything else when they get home from church and on the way to church. So where did they get that from, right? <laughs> so it's important, our actions. Um, and and this, is what I, this is what I think is true. I say this about being a Christian, and I think it applies to being a parent as well, that as a Christian, you are a witness. You do not have an option. You are a witness. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you have let anybody else in this world know it, which you should if you haven't let anybody know, if you're a Christian, you are a witness. The choice is, will we be a positive witness or a negative witness for Jesus? If you are a parent, and anybody knows that you have children, <laughs> you are a teacher to them. It's not an option. You can't opt out. You can't sign a waiver at the hospital and says, I'll change diapers and I'll feed, but I am not going to teach this child. It's not an option. As a parent, you are a teacher. Say it out loud as a parent. Just, just go ahead in a minute and say, I am a teacher. Okay, see, that does it. That, that solidifies it. You said it out loud, it's done. You are a parent. You don't have a choice. The choice that you have is, will you be a good one or will you be a bad one? Will you be a positive influence on your children or will you be a negative influence on your children? You will be one or the other. There's no such thing as being neutral in the area of being a Christian or in the area of being a parent. You will be one or the other. And gravity pulls us toward being which? Bad. Gra gra sin pulls us toward being on the negative side of that parenting, right? So it's important that we watch our actions, we keep our actions in check, and we live that out. That's what it means to have a principle in our own lives. 
See, it's not just going through and saying, let's see, I want to be a good parent. Let me flip to the back of the Bible. Let me buy a book. Let me pick out a few things that everybody says is important about being a Christian parent. All right, kids, come on in the living room. We're going to have a session now. It's time for a serious talk. I'm even going to write this on the refrigerator, and I want all of y'all to remember this. We're going to be a Christian home, and you need to act like this, and God needs to act like, wants you to act like this. And you write these little sayings down, and you say, there it is. That's who we are. And they walk off and go, yeah, right. <laughs> Let's see if mom and dad's going to be who we are before I decide to be who we are. Right? Same thing in a business, right? All the employees, company-wide, mandatory meeting, you've got to come. We've got a new set of values and a mission statement, and we want everybody to remember it. Right? All right. Memorize this statement. I'm going to ask you when I see you in the hallway if you can say our mission statement. If you can't say our mission statement, you're going to go back and be retrained. And you have this mission statement, and everybody knows it, and everybody can say it, but the people who run the company don't live by the mission statement. The company really doesn't work that way, but you have a mission statement. It's the same concept when it comes to parents. Our actions really do speak louder than words, and they tell us, uh, they show what we believe. They show those things to our children. Your child, listen to this, your child will have plenty of opportunities to make friends, to be involved in sports, to go to dances, to go fishing, to go hunting. I'll throw those in because those are my weaknesses. Your child will have plenty of opportunities to play on a soccer team, to go do dancing, to be in the beauty pageant, fill in the blank with whatever activities we smother our kids with. Your child will have ample opportunities to do those things. Your child has one shot of you being their parent. One shot. Those other things can be found anytime, anywhere, as much as you want. They've got one shot for you to be their parent. So we should be the parents. Principle number two. This is, a, this is some, telling us something to do positively that's mentioned negatively. <laughs> Don't hinder your children. Don't hinder your children. So not only are we to teach them, but the Bible says that we should not hinder them. Look in the book of Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. There are a few scriptures here that say the same thing, and we're going to read them all together. Mark 10, 13 through 16. It says, People were bringing little children to Jesus to have, them, have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who... Um, I'm sorry, I tell you the truth, any, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Turn over a few books several books to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Ephesians, keep on going to your right. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Listen, children, here's a word for you in conjunction with the parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Children in here, did you hear that? The Bible says to you as a child, 
to honor your parents, to obey them, and not only, not only for the sake of doing that, but there is something in it for you. And it says that this is, the, this is a, a, a commandment to do that has a promise for you, that, that you'll have a good life and that you'll enjoy life. Doesn't that make sense? Because when mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Right? Seriously, this children, it, this is God speaking to us through his word. It says, hey, if you if you obey your parents and you honor them, it's going to work out good for you. There's a blessing there for you. So write that down as, I need to, I need to do that. Make sure you do that. So it says to honor them. This is, this is the first uh, commandment with a promise. Um, verse 4, fathers. Do not exasperate, similar word that's used back in, in Mark, the word hinder, similar word. Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Again, that teaching and that training. Look over in the book of uh, Colossians. Two more books, two books over to your right. Chapter 3, verse 21. A similar uh, word used here, similar thing. Fathers. Do not embitter, is the word, embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Now those are three scriptures and there's more that, that, that we can look at. But those are three scriptures that talk about hindering or preventing or provoking, making them angry and for the parents to say, here's some things, not only positively teach them, on the negative side of things, make sure you're not hindering them. So let's look at that. What does that mean? Uh, don't hinder. Is, the, is, the, is that one. You might write that down. Here's some things that I want to make sure. Uh, don't hinder them. How, what do you mean don't hinder my children? Don't hinder them uh, from following Jesus. Now, chances are, as a parent, if you're here and you brought your children, you're not opposed to them being a part of church or you probably wouldn't be here. So, so that's a positive for you. But on the, other, on the other hand, the idea of don't hinder pe- people. In that Mark passage, you're talking about here were people, the children were being brought to Jesus and the disciples said, ah, Jesus don't have time for them, leave them, you know, it was that idea. He don't want to be bothered by little kids. The idea of don't hinder them from being able to come into to the presence of Jesus. Don't hinder them by um, when, when, when they want to become a Christian. Now, I say this, I don't want to step too hard here because it, it varies with different, different people and different children have a different maturity level. But, you know, don't have in your mind that your, your child has to be 15 years old with a complete understanding before you allow them to accept Jesus. You know, my kid's 12 years old and they're asking all the time about wanting to accept Jesus. I just don't think they're ready. Well, you know, you know your child and maybe you know their maturity level, but, you know, give them the benefit of doubt. Don't hinder that. God may be doing something in their life. Listen to them. Talk with them. You know, if we're waiting for them to have a... An adult understanding, good grief. I mean, I'm an adult, and I don't have an adult understanding yet, right? So, so don't hinder them. Don't hinder them. This may apply more to us. Don't hinder your children as far as it's concerned with them wanting to be a part of the things of God. Well, I don't mind my kid going to church. I don't mind my... Okay, how about this? Hey, Mom and Dad, man, God, I, I was reading the Bible the other day, and God wants me to be a missionary and move away from your family and never see you again and move somewhere across the world to witness to an unknown people who's never heard the name of Jesus. And they're so excited because God has spoken. And you say, well, I'm not sure God really wants everybody to go overseas. I mean, you'll have grandchildren I won't be able to see, right? Don't hinder them. If they're excited about something that God is doing in their life, 
don't put the water on the fire immediately. Don't bring all your adult, realistic expectations of the real world into their God-given dream. Don't put it out. Don't Well, as an adult, I know that'll never work. Well, maybe because you've always relied on your ability, and maybe they're relying on God's ability, and it just might work with them, right? So as they may come to you with what might seem like some harebrained ideas or some things that you would never do or that doesn't sound right. If they are saying, hey, God, God is really dealing with me. God wants me to do this. Feed that a little bit. Challenge that a little bit. Help them to talk more about that. Don't just put it out and hinder them. So, and you say, well, gosh, who would do that? We would because we're selfish. And we want our little babies to stay right here around Mama and Papa and don't go nowhere. And we, you know, we want to keep everybody close and all that kind of stuff. God is, is bigger than that. And if that's what God is calling them to do, let them do that. Now, they might not go anywhere. It might be that they're just involved in something. But don't hinder that. So there are a lot of ways that we can hinder them. And it's important that we don't, don't do that. And that's, that's what that scripture uh, tells us there. The next thing, the idea is uh, the word that's used really means provoke. Don't... don't uh, don't provoke them in Ephesians. That fathers, do not exasperate your children. Don't provoke them to, to anger. That um, how many of you? How many of you have children? You can raise your hand. If, if I gave you five seconds, could you write down where nobody else could see something, a phrase, or a word, or something? You know, if you said that to your child, mm, boy, that'll get them. You know something. No, not, I'm not talking about with your spouses. I know you can do that with your spouse real easy. I'm just talking about... <laughs> Probably, it didn't take long to say, well, I, I know there's an area. If I push that button, ooh, boy, they will hit the roof. All I got to do is say that. And then what you do is, a lot of times what we do, if you're in an argument with that person and you feel like you're losing, you'll throw out the easy button, Right? You'll push that button because, you know, if I'm losing, all I have to do is say that word and that just takes it to a whole different level. Husbands and wives never do that either, but you might try to do that with your children, right? Don't do that. It says don't provoke them. Don't say things in such a way that you know it's going to cause them to get upset and cause them to, to uh, have an attitude about things. If you're talking with them, you're training them, you're teaching them, you're doing things in such a way that it's helping them, not hindering them. Not hurting them. So, uh, parents, watch the language that you use with your children. Don't degrade them. Don't say negative things toward them. Don't beat them down. Even if they're in the wrong, find a positive way uh, or a, a calmer way to talk to them about the issues that are going on. Don't use those words that, that tear them down as a person. You need to make sure and attack the issue. And that applies with married folks as well. So that one's important. Then, then the other one that's used is the idea of... Um, don't stir up contention. It's a similar kind of thing, but don't uh, don't egg things on. You know, don't just keep don't just keep on. You know, there's something that your child hasn't done, and you've told them about it. And three weeks later, they do something else, and you bring up what they done wrong three weeks ago because it's still on your mind, and you just want to jab that one more time to make sure they got the point. Believe me, if we do that, they get the point. But it has nothing to do with about the issue that we're talking about. They get the point. And the Bible says don't do it. Don't, ag don't agitate them. Don't, don't add things on. Bringing them to have strife and contention. Those are important things uh, to remember. And again, 
All these things that the Bible's talking about here, those are all negative things. Don't do this, don't do this, because they produce negative emotions, negative attitudes. It's all negative. You want to approach it from the positive side and not from the negative side. And it's not this, okay? It's not this. Oh, great, Joey. You busted out another window. That's so awesome. It's a nice hit. How far away were you? You know, it's not some of that mumbo-jumbo that you read and see on TV of like, my child can do no wrong. We have to be positive. Everything's, everything's great. Um, speaking of that, uh, just uh, yesterday, I think it was, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, my littlest one decided that he wanted to play baseball, and I was in the garage, and he went out to the yard, and I'd seen him playing around. I was doing something. Well, the next thing I know, I hear a bink, boom. And I look, he was facing the garage with a bat. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I kind of smiled because there wasn't a loud crash and no window, no glass was shattered and anything. I looked at him and I just kind of smiled and he said, probably should use a softer ball. <laughs> I said, yeah, and maybe you could turn to where you're facing away from the cars in the house. That might help too, <laughs> you know. But, you know, we need to be careful that, that you know, we can, boy, we can really, we can really get on them in, in a bad way. Um, we, can, we can say things that, that, don't, uh, that don't line up with them. So, um, and, and fathers, take a note. Moms, women, you can take, check out for just a second. Don't go to sleep. You can check out for just a second. And second of all, make sure you write it down, too, in case he's checked out. All right? <laughs> All right, it says fathers, especially um, in, that, in that Ephesians passage and then the other one we read, we read in Colossians, it's addressed to fathers especially. doesn't mean that it doesn't apply to mothers. Those two, it says fathers don't do these things. Why in the world would it say fathers? Why single out fathers? Listen to the sermon that Cliff preached last week about how important the role of a father is in the life of a child and the statistics that have been proven as far as kids coming to know the Lord based on how their, how their fathers act and what their fathers do. I think that was intentional of knowing, guys, listen, if you're a dad, we have an awesome responsibility. And I mean awesome in the sense of great, like we use the word, and I mean it also in the word of fear and terror. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it, it's, a, it's a scary thing that we have that responsibility. And so I think, I think that's mentioned there as fathers because our children, they want an example to follow. Our children are looking for that. We need to be able to show that. We set the tone. Dads, you be the adult. Step up to the plate. You be the father. Don't let somebody else do it. Don't, don't, don't put the burden and the weight, if you are a married couple especially, don't put the burden and the weight on making the mother play the role of the father and the mother. You're the dad in the home. You're the man in the home. Step up to the plate and be the father that God has called you to be. It's not easy, but it's well worth it. Remember that you got one shot of you being their parent. Now, somebody else might come along that wants to parent them, but they got one shot of you doing it, and you need to teach them what is right. All right, here's the last one, principle three. This is mind-boggling. I mean, you're going to want to write this down because... Nowhere else could you hear this. Nobody else could ever come up with such a great principle. But it's in the Bible. Now, here's one. It has nothing to do with parenting as uh, particular, but it's so general. When I was praying about this, reading, studying, thinking about this, this has come to mind of the idea of, I think sometimes we make it too complicated. 
We try to make it too complicated. The third principle is this. Treat your children like people. See how sophisticated I am. <laughs> okay, any questions? You can all go home now. You got all that. Now. Treat your children just just like they were a person. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, look at look at Psalms. If you go back to uh, the book of Psalms, uh, chapter one twenty seven. Sorry, you might get that before me. I thought I had that one marked, and I guess I didn't. Psalms one twenty seven. The, the whole chapter is just just some some good stuff. But verse three says, "Sons are a heritage from the Lord; children are a reward from Him." Treat your children like people. Don't act like your children are a burden. Don't act like that. Oh, I've got kids now. Yeah, sometimes it gets that way, right? I mean, you know, sometimes it does. If you've got kids and they're and you're a normal human being, there's going to be time where you just want to throw up your hands and say, can I just get out of here for a while? You know, just let me go somewhere and be alone kind of thing, right? But treat your children as people that, realizing the Bible says that they are a, they're a heritage, they're a blessing to us. So we should take that serious. Now, that doesn't mean, oh, they're a blessing, they should get away and do whatever they want to. No, you're still the parent. You're still, according to God's plan, been put in authority over them. And so we should, we should learn to do that. But here's a couple of other things that I mean by treating them as people. Take the things that the Bible says about how to treat other people. You know, the things that we talk about all the time. That we should love others. We should be evangelistic. We've got to go tell people about Jesus. You know, we, we, we should be doing that. We should ask for forgiveness, right? We, we preach sermons on that. If you're holding bitterness in your heart and that, you need to go to that person. You need to ask them to forgive you. You need to, you need to give uh, forgiveness to people. Don't hold on to things. Let them, uh, tell them that you've forgiven them and let it go. And ask to be forgiven when you've wronged somebody. You know, don't lie to them. Things that are just normal stuff that if, if we got in a room together and we said, okay, hey, we want to make an impact in this community and we want to show people that God loves them, that Jesus cares for them, that he died on the cross for them. We want to put some things together that shows this community how good God is and how much he cares for us. Let's write down a few things that we want to tell these people when we go out of these doors. And you and I would list some of those things. Well, we need to love them unconditionally. We need to not hold grudges against them. We, and, and we would go down the list and we'd do all that stuff. What I'm saying is, you take that same list and apply that to your child because your child is one of those people that the Bible is talking about. Your child is one. Just because the person is your child doesn't negate them as being in the larger pool of God's children. So they're one of those people, you know, you're going to... You're going to really be important to God and I'm going to be a missionary and I'm going overseas to tell people about Jesus. Have you talked to your own family about that first? Try that. You know, not that that's not important, but you don't have to go somewhere. So whatever it is that you read in the Bible and you say, yeah, I should treat others that way. Take that and write it down and say, I better be showing that to my kids because that's one of the, they're, they're one of the people that God's talking about. They're mine. God's given them and entrusted them to me, but I should treat them like a person, just like the Bible says I should treat them. And I think we may miss that, to be honest with you a lot, because we're concerned about how we're going to treat other people and how we're going to act in front of other people and what we're going to do other places. 
and and we we got we've got a, an audience with our children right there that are just as more important, I would say, than somebody we don't know. God God's given us these people, so we need to treat them like the Bible says we treat them. So you know, take a check. I mean, you know, if you're always talking about we're going here to do this, and uh, you know, if you're always treating other people so nicely, you know, you go out in public, and everybody says, "Oh, he's so friendly." Oh, he's so nice. She's so wonderful to everybody. When you get home, you're yeah, 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 at each other. And the kids are looking at that and saying, I don't know, who are those parents when we leave and go somewhere? I don't know them when we get back home. So that's important. And so we treat them, just act in front of them like you would want to act in front of people to let them know. No, not fake. And that's the whole thing about it being in your heart so you don't have to manufacture stuff. Just be who God's created you to be and you don't have to Try to pick and choose who you're going to be depending on who you're in front of. Just be that person all the time, and that, that would be good, wouldn't it, if we could do that? So those are important, important things that we, we teach our kids, that we don't hinder them, and that we just treat them as God's people and do the things with them that we would uh, with other people according to what God's Word says. Uh, here, here's a challenge that I want you to think about, okay? One... There's not one of us in here who's a parent. I would guarantee us, speaking from, from me personally, there's not one of us who has gotten it all right. There's not one of us in here who has not made some mistakes along the way. Even if you have a little bitty baby, a larvae, have you made any mistakes yet? Say yes to make my sermon point more accurate. Little bitty love, little bitty babies. Yeah, we still make some mistakes, right? We're going to make some mistakes. So I don't want you to walk away feeling like, oh, man, well, I'm, there's no hope. I'll never get it right. I don't want you to do that. I want you to be able to identify and ask yourself some questions and, uh, and, and realize uh, how you want to parent. And if things can change from this point forward, if they're not the way that you think God wants them to be. But look at these principles that I've just mentioned. You may have some of your own, like I said earlier. But if you don't have any or you think these are some good ideas, make an effort to say, I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to read some other scriptures about this. And, and if this is the, what I feel like God wants me to parent, the principles, I'm putting these principles in place in my life and in the, my family's life. And these are going to be some things that guide us. Because I'll, I'll tell you what, and Shelly and I had a conversation about this too. I feel like we've done an okay job in a lot of areas. There's some areas I told you I feel like, that man, I, I still need to get on board with some stuff. Um, but I told her, I just realized, and when I was talking to you about this, when I was preparing this, I just realized we have some things in place just because of us feeling as, as believers and, and the way that we live our lives that we want to pass on to our children. We've never sat down and said, these are the principles that we're living by. They've kind of been unsaid, but kind of known, but we've not really defined them. Does that make sense? So I would challenge you, especially young, young parents, um, write them down. All right, here are the principles. These are the things that don't change. We're going to write these down. This is the way we're going to live out our lives, and these are the way we're going to, this is the way we're going to parent. And you write those things down. So then when you pull all those methods in from everywhere else, and Aunt Sue, who has no children, but evidently is a parent expert, right? 
you take those and you filter those through your principles and you decide to keep them or not, not based on who the person is in relationship to you or how well they've done with their kids, but how well it fits in with the principles that you know God wants to practice with your family. And then that keeps you on board. So I would challenge you, what are the principles that you have in place? Or do you feel like you're just kind of scattered? I don't have any principles. I don't have any principles. I'm just trying to go a day without killing my children. <laughs> you know, that's my principle. Don't kill the children, right? And if that's the true, if that's the case, maybe you need some principles in place so you don't feel that way every day. But what are the principles that you have in place? Jot those down or, or put some in place if you don't have any. And don't try to make this list of 8,000 things. Just start with a few and put those into practice. Practice those out in your life. See how that looks. See how that feels. See if that really is what God wants. And I guarantee you, you answer me this, uh, you know, how, how would your family look? How would it look differently if, if you did this? What if everybody did this? What if the whole world practice what we're talking about this morning and everybody had principles god's principles and that's the way they lived and that's the way that they led their children how would this world look different so i would challenge you to do that what are the things that you think god wants you to have in place and then jot those down and put that in place so here's what i'm saying in the bottom line is that we have to be intentional about it having a good marriage with your spouse does not come by accident. It's absolutely intentional on purpose, and it is hard. It's not easy. Being a parent that God wants you to be will not happen by accident. It is, has to be an intentional thing. It starts in your heart, and it's lived out in your life in front of your children, and it's intentional, and it's not easy. It's very hard, but it's very worth it and very rewarding when we can raise our children and live our lives in the way that God wants us to. That's the bottom line. That's what we want, isn't it? We want to be able to know that we're living the way God wants us to. So I challenge you, don't just say, oh, yeah, good information, preacher. Oh, that was nice. Put something into practice. You may have made some notes. You may jot some stuff down. Go home today, jot some stuff down. Talk about it with your spouse if, you, if your spouse is with you. Even for you families who, you know, you're, you're married and you've been divorced and now the dad of the kids are somewhere else, if you have any kind of possible relationship there that's not wacko you know if you have a good somehow can have a good relationship because that person's influencing them too if you can have a conversation with them and talk about what's going on you can't make decisions for other people but at least you could try and, and have some conversation i know that's real difficult in a lot of situations but maybe there's a possibility of that happening because it's your children that you're talking about they're going to see how we act and they're going to see god through us and the question is what are you showing them and what are going to be the foundational principles in your life that you live by that they grow up with that hopefully one day they pass on to their children? They're going to pass something on to their children. They will be the kind of parents, most likely, that they see how you parenting them. So do a good job. You can't do it apart from God helping us, can we? We just can't do it. So I hope that's encouraging to you, and I hope that you will seek God out and from this point on, if there hasn't been anything going on, you let God make something happen. If you've been doing a good job, give yourself a high five, pat yourself on the back, give your husband, your wife a high five, hug and kiss. Don't make any more babies, but just hug, <laughs> right? I'm just kidding. Pray with me. God, thank you. That your word is not just a bunch of sayings and a bunch of stuff just compiled so that we would have something to read, but... 
you are the author of these words. You are the creator of life itself. Who else would know but you? You don't speak to parents as one who's not a parent. Who knows better than you about having a son and loving a son and wanting what's best for the son even in the eyes of the world when it doesn't make sense? Who knows better than you how tough it is to see things happen with your son? Who knows better than you what it means to be a parent? And God, I pray that in our own lives that we let our relationship with you come first. And that that infiltrates our life and shows in such a way that it's obvious that we believe in you. It's obvious that we love you. It's obvious that we want to live for you. And with our children, that, that they can see that in us and that we can talk to them and share with them and let them understand the things that are important and guide them and teach them the things that you want them to learn, that you have entrusted these children to us as a heritage, and that we might take that seriously, and that we might be responsible in, in so many ways of, of being a good steward with what you've entrusted to us, even with our own children. We can't do it without you. We can't do it apart from you. We need you, Lord. We need you to help us. We need you to grow us so we can grow them. So help us as we call out to you today to put things in place that are pleasing to you so that not only our lives can benefit, but the lives of our children and their children and their children will grow up in a heritage that says, God is awesome, and we want to live our lives in such a way that pleases Him. That, we know, Lord, is what really changes this world. So help us to do it, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.